welcome back to another episode of Trend Spotting. Today I'm joined with Chris and Ken, as usual. Right. And we're going to be talking about some of the top stories that have been happening in the past week. One of them regarding a 41,000 pay raise. Oh boy, we're in the wrong line of work. That is a nice, nice. I don't even pay get 41,000 yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I mean, you know. So the median income on Guam is less than that. Do we have it? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Do we, we? We have that package, right? Yeah, we have it. Can we, Jason, can you roll Chris's package on SRGP? Brought to you by GTA. We start with you. A $41,000 pay adjustment. Department of Military Affairs Director and Adjutant General Esther Agagi on the receiving end of a huge increase in salary. Agagi, hired as Military Affairs Director on February 15th with an annual pay of $81,522. Now, according to documents KUAM News obtained by way of Freedom of Information Act request, Agagi's pay adjusted to $122,907 on July 24th. That's an increase of $41,385 a year. Documents from the Department of Administration show Agagi, an unclassified GovGuam employee under the Competitive Wage Act's executive pay plan, went from step one all the way to step 13 in one shot on July 24th with an effective date of July 8th. Step 13 is the highest a GovGuam agency director can be paid according to the Competitive Wage Act of 2014. And just how does Agagi's new salary compare to her predecessors? Well, former Adjutant General Roderick Leon Guerrero tells KUAM News he made 81522 bucks as the tag of the Military Affairs Director, which is exactly how much Agagi made before her $41,000 pay adjustment. As you may recall, Leon Guerrero served under former Governor Eddie Calvo and briefly under Magahaga Lou Leon Guerrero, where he was heralded as an agent of change before he was replaced by Agagi after he stepped down in January. Adeloupe spokeswoman Janela Carrera tells KUAM News, Go ask Guam Army National Guard Public Affairs Officer Major Joe Blas for comment on this issue. Blas, however, said the Guard, not involved, and the pay raise has nothing to do with Agagi's military rank. It was a GovGuam action done on behalf of the governor's office um, for her position as director of military affairs, which by law she is also the adjutant general. It really has nothing to do with uh, her military or the National Guard service. Agagi promoted to colonel by Governor Leon Guerrero in a private pinning ceremony. Her state promotion to this rank has yet to be federally recognized, according to Carrera. Documents for Agagi's $41,000 raise cite the fiscal year 2019 budget law as the source of her pay increase. Carrera tells KUAM News, quote, there was room in the budget for her salary adjustment. As reported by KUAM News, Adeloupe has given several staffers thousands of dollars in pay adjustments or pay raises, and the governor has the authority to pay unclassified political hires as much as she wants to. Meanwhile, classified GovGuam workers have had their salary increments frozen due to a ban on raises in the FY19 budget law. When we asked Carrera what the justification for Agagi's pay adjustment was, she said, quote, General Agagi's salary was adjusted to align her salary with other cabinet members and also based on the Competitive Wage Act in her role as the Director of Military Affairs. For Guam's News Network, Chris Barnett reports.
Brought to you by GTA. So if you're just joining us, you saw Chris's package from a couple of days ago. Um, talking about the pay raise to the director of the Department of Military Affairs, uh, Adjutant General Esther Aguirre, mm-hmm. who was assigned that position in February yeah. at the going rate E1 or whatever the first classification. Yeah, of so she was hired as the um, director of military affairs at the same pay that her predecessor was given, which is uh, 81522 bucks, And so she's an unclassified employee, and how it works is there's steps. So she is um, a U-class employee. U is for unclassified, basically political hires. And um, so there's step one through 13. So essentially she was hired at step one, which is 81522 bucks. And in the uh, personal action that uh, we FOIA'd, she was uh, jumped all the way to step 13, which is the highest... Um, according to, to that chart that a political hire can make. Which happens to be 120-something thousand dollars. Right? Which happens to be $41,000 more than, than she was yeah. making. Yeah, which, takes which the is $41,000 yeah, more than a predecessor. Yeah. I just don't get it. And, you know, um, we did the story yesterday because I had the documents and we were able to get the governor's uh, spokesperson, uh, one of them, Janela Cabrera, mm-hmm. uh, on this. But... Uh, today, we wanted to get the governor, and we were told that, uh, you know, they have nothing further to say, and there you know, no interviews are going to be given on this subject, so uh, I know they're still trying to figure out. How you jump from 1 to 13? I think they're, I mean, you know, when, when Adelute doesn't even know how this $41,000 raise was given, I think it's pretty troubling. It's pretty troubling. I mean, I'm, you know. I mean, well, to be devil's advocate, they yeah. did say General uh, Aggie's salary was adjusted to align with her to align her salary with other cabinet members, right? Salary alignment based on the Competitive Wage Act in the role as Director of Military Affairs. Yeah, but see, that's uh, kind of misleading. Well, it's not kind of; it is misleading because uh, when they cite the Competitive Wage Act, first of all, that Competitive Wage Act was um, enacted and more for classified employees like not nurses, for, yeah, teachers, exactly. and not for like political hires. But there is a section in the Competitive Wage Act that deals with unclassified employees, and so taking her from the bottom of that. Uh, the you know pay scale to the way top and then uh, saying that it's in line with the competitive wage act it's just really a a disingenuous way to say that hey she's still in the chart you know what I mean and as so, you mentioned in your story earlier too uh, a lot of the Guam employees currently have those pay wages like frozen, yeah. frozen. so if you and if we're not talking forty one thousand yeah. dollar pay raises so either, if you're so. like a regular Guam employee classified. Your increments have probably been uh, frozen for going on two years because, uh, as you may recall, during the fiscal crisis, yeah. which apparently we're not in a fiscal crisis anymore, or at least, you know, um, Aggie and Adam weren't, uh, but <laughs> those rank-and-file government employees have had their increments frozen for, uh, you know, going on two years, and it's a measly 3.5%. So if you work for a GovGuam and you're a classified employee and you get a satisfactory review, you get... Um, a salary yes. increment, so they increase your pay by you know three percent, but that hasn't been happening. And I just you know, the spin on this uh, because the the budget law froze those increments and raises that's why they call it a pay adjustment, they call it a pay correction, they call it a salary alignment. Which I mean, if you really think about that, and I didn't really think about it until I got home last night and they said that um, her salary was adjusted to align with other cabinet members. Who are already getting? Who are so basically? That's like, oh, we're paying this guy one hundred twenty thousand. So now we got to pay you one hundred twenty thousand, and we're not going to stop until you're all aligned and making over a hundred thousand dollars. 
What I, what I want to see is why don't we start aligning salaries downward? Yes. See, I mean, the way you are pitching it right now makes a lot of sense to me. It seems very logical. Do you think that there's a possibility that we're looking at this from no. a totally different perspective and missing some other view that nope. we could be looking at? Not at all. This is uh, It's totally unjustified. I don't see the reasoning for it. Adelou doesn't even know the reason for it. They couldn't give us a straight answer. I mean, to say that we're aligning salaries so that everybody is paid an enormous amount of uh, taxpayers' money, that's not. it doesn't fly with me. And I don't that's think it crazy. flies with anyone else. That's a lot. I Dude. mean, who thinks of these answers? Like, we're aligning salaries. I mean, it's really brought in a lot of discussion. Over yeah. 150 comments on our on uh, our Facebook post alone. As and it's well really, as it's unfortunate, shares, right? you know, because, um, you know, Colonel Agagi, like, I know her. She's a family friend, and I, you know, I feel bad, but it doesn't matter if it's an auntie, an uncle, or a prim, a, you know, Nino, Nina. If someone's getting a $40,000 raise, I'm going to report on it, you know. And it's really sad that, you know, given her accomplishments and her track record and, and all the hoopla that went into, you know, um, making her the tag, the first female tag, I mean, I don't want this to kind of like stain that, but it does. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is, is the raise justifiable? Is that like the going rate for that position, right? And you talked about um, uh, her predecessor making, what, 85 or 89,000 a year, 81, right? 000. So, uh, Roderick right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, that was that a nationwide low average that was no, introduced so, with so, the Calvo administration or so something? So, if, if you watch the story, um, this pay raise has nothing to do with her military rank. This is, oh, uh, yeah, this what, is a uh, government of Guam yeah. action. And that's another thing that I thought kind of funny is, you know, um, trying to get information out of this administration that ran on transparency, it, you know, sometimes it's a little like pulling teeth. And while they provide other uh, media outlets a lot of access, like, you know, for example, a uh, media outlet that uh, routinely defames and slanders women uh, that, you know, I feel is connected to this, uh, this murder of this young man, I mean, uh, these guys can go down to Adeloop and they can go live on Facebook for however long they can ask whatever questions they want. And when uh, the so-called traditional media tries to get information, we're told we can't ask that or, uh, you know, we have to wait hours to get information. Or um, they also do this trick where they talk to you off the record and they give you all these excuses uh, so you don't have anything on the record for your story. So, I mean, it's frustrating and... For uh, Janela Carrera to tell us, like, oh, go check the guard. We go to check the guard, and the guard's like, why are you checking us? This is the governor, and this is Gov Guam. I really think either it's a, like, I don't know if they're trying to send us in a wild goose chase, a goose chase, but if you don't even know what is a government action and what is a guard action, I think that's kind of a problem. And so that's what I wanted to put in the story is that, you know, we get a lot of runaround. I mean, and definitely, and it, it looks like the general overwhelming sentiment on this on our comments are people are very obviously uh, unhappy with it but we do have people on both sides uh, that's what the, I was looking for is like how do you uh, justify it? because I just, I just don't think it's justifiable like whatever uh, Aggie wants to make in you know the military as you know whatever rank um, she is you know that's one thing but uh, Department of Military Affairs it's not a military position so the military rank doesn't really have anything to do with the amount of salary you make. Sure. Mm. Like we have some people here, uh, John Larissa Camacho saying, and the rest of us government workers can't even get a 20 cent raise. <laughs> Brian Ortiz saying she still makes around 30K less than the Guam Navy RDML, but his or her 
uh, earn, a spot was earned and not spot promoted. Uh, Peter Michael Contreras saying, this is just another slap in the face for taxpayers of Guam. Uh, the bottom line, this is just more favorit favoritism that the governor is showing her true stripes, and I'm glad I did not vote for her. Um, yeah, I mean... I mean, you know, come on, like a $10,000 raise? Okay, I mean, and they've, they've done this before. I mean, or at least going up that ladder that they put yeah. there as part of... I mean, but to just throw all caution into the wind and they're just gun from step one to step 13 and to just give away a $40,000 raise and then... How do you do that, though? How do you just skip all she's the steps? She's the governor. She has the authority, and so... <laughs> these, these, like, these unclassified employees are political hires who are not subject to all the rules and regulations that regular government employees. So let's say you're like a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. You would start at teacher one. Yeah, you have then, to get teacher you know, two. After so many follow. years of yeah. satisfactory reviews, you move up to a teacher two, and then you get like a bigger raise, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how it work, works. But for these political hires, it's like the governor has that authority, which is fine. I just don't think that's a legitimate response to say like, oh, well, the governor has the power to do it, so she, well, we, have, we all have the power to do a lot say? of things. And what did she say? We had room in the budget? Yeah, we had room that's in the budget. We have room in the budget. We, well, we have room in the budget for, you know, other things? Medical examiner? Um, we don't have room. <laughs> you know, like, well, <laughs> you know, I think the really crazy thing, alarming thing, is we're talking six months. Yeah. The position has only been filled for six months, right? And we're talking a jump from the lowest accepted uh, unclassified rate to the highest. Mm -hmm. Like, just skip the 12 steps. Right. Right? So, I mean, but this is not even the only financially questionable story that you did this week we have another are we don't talking about i don't know because i still kind of wanted to you know, I, you know, you know you're going really deep I am, the claws yeah. are in right now <laughs> I, is, I, just want, I just want to say that you know and trying to get more information about this uh, because you know the media right it's like we put out a story so my, what i like to do is I like to put out a story just document based black and white just put the information out there and then as it generates discussion obviously the next day i would want to do a follow-up and you know the obvious person to talk to here is the governor, yes. right? And so we're not, we don't have access to the governor today. So what that tells me is someone down at Adeloupe is probably getting chewed out and they're probably also putting their heads together trying to figure out a way to justify this $40,000 raise. And I was thinking, I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, I can you, like, how would you justify that? I don't know. I, like, but you I know, mean, they tried the to by saying that they're aligning all the salaries to astronomical rates. But I want them to. Because, I, 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 you know, I, I maybe I'm being naive here. I don't think anyone's, uh, you know, I don't You're not being know, naive. But whatever I'm saying right here. Like, yeah. You know, but Adelou does need to respond and be a little more transparent in the reasoning. Yeah. I even even if the reasoning is obviously something that's going to have some backlash, right? It's just funny. So in this next story we're going to talk about, which is uh, Governor Gutierrez, same thing. You know, uh, I FOIA documents all the time. We get them, which is a document story. Hey, we got this memo. Uh, Governor Gutierrez can fly, uh, you know, first, first class. class. And so what we saw is the day that story dropped, the next day, the response was all over all the media. They were calling the talk shows. They were doing, you know, stories, um, you know, responding to this story that KUAM did. Uh, on other media. Um, Do we have which, a package for... Uh, yeah, no, let's go play this. Are we, we, have, we, don't, we don't have a package Okay, for well, one. just to fill you in, so uh, Lou sent a memorandum uh, approving... Uh, it's just a graphic, right? Approving Carl Gutierrez's ability to fly uh, business class, right? 
Chris business class? Yeah. yeah. Uh, business class on his flights for like whenever he's traveling around. Because yeah. he is the uh, what is it? He is the chief advisor on economic, national, and international affairs, which is about everything. I think. Like, what else is there? Yeah. So I mean, he's like that liaison. Like, goes he's out like there. the co-governor. Yeah. Let's just face it. Uh, governor Carvajal, whether you guys voted for him or not, is the co-governor. So hey, look, I got so what we're debating right here and is... Then, you know, and, and people, and I think that's why there's so much backlash is because people are sitting back saying, hey, wait a minute, we didn't vote for Carl Gutierrez. Like, people don't vote for He's <laughs> lost every election because a large majority of the people don't trust him to be governor. They don't, not so trust is the wrong word, they don't want him to be governor. So that's why he gets such backlash because here's this guy who's run 20 million times since he ran two terms, hasn't won a single election... Yet he's playing one of the most prominent roles in the government, and that's that's if you're wondering like the backlash, that's the backlash. Is oh, that, he you won know? an election. He won two. Yeah, he no. I'm saying since then he oh. hasn't won an, an election. I mean, so, a primary election. All right. So we're we're debating does his legacy as the former governor of Guam justify him to the four thousand three thousand three hundred dollar increase in travel costs per per trip per trip right, right. which could be Who quite knows? significant right because so we're talking about 300 percent more than what you pay for a regular ticket yeah. so i think with, with this whole thing it's like the people who are saying it's not a big deal are people who can afford to fly first class and i think this really shows the disconnect between the administration and these people who work up at adloop who are paid so much money that they're insulated from the real reality of people out here on the streets and the real reality is first class is a pipe dream for a lot of the people on Guam. And so uh, the governor in response to my story on another media had said that she didn't understand what the big issue was, which I think it just goes to show like flying first class is not a big issue if you can afford to fly first class. But you know, I've never flown first class in my life and a lot of people haven't. So to us, it's kind of like, okay, I mean, no one's saying that we want, you know, Carl Gutierrez to ride in the, the airport bathroom or in the last seat on the plane yeah. or, you know. But it just kind of shows that these people that we elect who represent us seem like they're, they, they think they're entitled to this, like, higher sure. level of living that we're not privy to. You know, I think and the ultimate this, irony is that we're paying for it. I think there's this uh, interesting response from the administration in regards to yeah. this, right? Pursuant to the governor's authority in the Department of Administration's Travel and Transportation Policy, the governor granted an exception to former Governor Gutierrez as a courtesy for his tenure and service as a former governor who continues to serve Guam in an official capacity in the Leon Guerrero Tenorio administration. So I got a hot take. I think he deserves it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I, he was the former governor twice, right? You know, he's got some tenured legacy, you know. Uh, yes, right, and he's involved in a bunch of histo yeah. historical changes mm -hmm. in our island. Ken, right? don't forget, he's 78 years old and he has a bad back. That's true. That's what I would have said. If I was out of loop, I would have said, hey, <laughs> man, Chris, shoot. you know, yeah, he flies first class, but Lattaboy, don't you know, he has a bad back because the I, media is always on his back. I mean, if he's the one guy, the one guy yeah. who's traveling to, to make those types of changes, I mm -hmm. think... He's yeah, but where's the type of comfort? And I totally see where you're coming yeah. from, and part of me agrees with you. You're like, yeah, okay, I mean, it's not necessarily the fact that he's flying first class that bothers me. It does bother me, but it bothers me because um, here's this guy who, yes, has a legacy, but, you know, the people of Guam have clearly shown that they didn't want him to be the governor. I mean, 
I don't know if they wanted him to be the co-governor like he is now, mm -hmm. but um, you know he's got this crazy retirement scheme or whatever. Mm -hmm. you know, he's he's got his that. He's, so we, he's been rewarded for his service to the people of Guam, and and I I don't know necessarily have a problem with him flying first class, but I do have I do have a problem with that, but I have more of a problem in the response sure. to this, which is just basically like, hey, the governor has the authority, so you know deal with it. So we got some interesting okay. comments. There are tons of comments on the actual right. story, which you can right. find on KOM News. But uh, just shout out to a couple of people, people here. Johnny C. Cruz referring to the $41,000 raise, unjustified raise. Mm -hmm. uh, favorite rages with a funny comment here. Biba team, I'm in. I should have joined that team so I can get hooked up. <laughs> you got to be any. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we got Debbie Davis, Hafiday Kanasha, Chris, KOM, and all on Guam watching from Barson, Kentucky. Thank you. Debbie, right. Debbie nice having you. Um, interesting uh, feedback on the Facebook post itself. That's a uh, lot. Dow Ignacio saying, so what is the new governor doing to make our island better? What's right. the governor's plan for the island and our people? So far, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, and that's the other thing with, with uh, you know, Carl Gutierrez, Uncle Carl, is yes, he has this important position. Um, that's a, man, it's crazy. I mean, chief advisor on economic, national, international affairs. But... I feel like he's not really held accountable because he's flying around, he's taking all these trips, and we don't know what he's doing. So and we try and reach out to interview the guy, and he doesn't want to do an interview. So I think that's also problematic. And mm -hmm. it's not just first-class flight, okay? He is the only staffer of the governor's office who has his own office outside of Adelou. $250,000 budget. $250,000 budget. Nice office, Three and people. he has his own. Yeah, he has his, his own, own staffers. Staff. So it's not just like he's flying first class. He's flying first class. He got crazy retirement. He has a two hundred fifty thousand dollars budget uh, for his office. He has three staffers. So yeah, I mean, that's that. That's I mean, why I say he's the well. co-governor. You know, he's, he's balling <laughs> out. Carl, you got it going on right now. And in three years, when Uncle Carl runs against Lou and Josh, which I mean, come on, you know the guy. That's it's inevitable. <laughs> I hate to say, well, I love to say I told you. You know, uh, we got Henry Lindsay here saying he's very much deserving of that. The people's governor of Guam, and he did what he could uh, for the Chamo people. Um, yeah, and I, I see that side of it. You know, I mean, I do. But I, I think also part of it is he can afford to upgrade himself. You know, so we're paying him $90,000 sure. a yeah. year. Like, come on. You don't have, like, miles? <laughs> you ain't got no miles. You can just, like, upgrade the miles. I, you know, tons of comments. Um some of them were in support of him. And oh, he he yeah. has his fans, you know. I mean, no yeah. doubt. Most of them are not. Yeah, most of them are not. There goes your new Rona Sharon saying. There goes your new governor. Why would you waste the people's money on unnecessary stuff like paying first class for former governor's flights, and why only select it for him? I feel bad for the teachers and students who are suffering from lack of school funding while these people are flying first class and all over what, the that's world. That's what really eats people up. Is you know we have uh, government employees can get. A, little measly three three percent raise we're cutting education we're cutting public safety so all these things getting cut but Adelope ain't getting cut and they're you know carl's flying first class so when we're giving out forty thousand dollar raises it just doesn't jive with the people and that's why you've seen a turn you know the first few months of this, this administration i think people in the media were kind of like oh you know they just got in or oh they're new and they don't know what they're doing or oh you know but now it's at the point where people are just like, I feel like we're on the verge of open revolt. Like, if you read a lot of the Facebook comments on some of the stories, I mean, we have stories that have nothing to do with travel. I forget which one it was, but someone put like, hey, maybe the next time they're traveling, they can, you know, find out something about illegal dumping. 
So you're starting to see these, you know, there's a lot of issues here. <laughs> Shout out to that person, man. We That's do a crazy. lot of dumping stuff. So, okay, so let me ask you this, right? The budget where these funds come from, are they also, like, can Is they pull directly... Out of and that's what, that's what they'll say. They'll say, well, oh, well, I mean, I don't give a damn. $40,000, $40,000. Like, you're going to give $40,000 to one person or are you going to go buy $40,000 worth of school supplies? I mean, sure. people want to say that, oh, well, that's the executive budget and that's apples and oranges. But it's not. I mean, out here in the streets, forty grand is forty grand. It doesn't matter out if it's forty grand of this or forty grand of that. It's forty grand is forty grand. Heard it first. And it's not just forty grand. They've done other raises like this for other staffers, and mm -hmm. we've, you know, in a, the interview I did with Janella, and you know, it's funny. I never got another interview after that. Um, but the interview I did with her, they call it a pay correction. They basically said like, oh, we hire these people, and then when they got their check, they were like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be making ten grand more, and they give them ten grand more. Well, okay, <laughs> you can't really do that in the private sector. Oh, damn, boss, hey, man, I'm supposed to be making a twenty grand more. Well, let me put in a little pay correction. Not just frustrating. It's frustrating because we're seeing all these um, fees getting raised, and you know there's so many shortages in services and and goods for the the people of Guam. Yet it doesn't seem to be affecting the the people at the top, the elected leaders and and their you know political hires and stuff. So I mean you know when we started talking earlier in the year about these different things, different issues that the government had to deal with, like the medical examiner that comes mm -hmm. to mind. Uh, you know, crime, village crime, those things come to mind, yeah. right? Now, we're not even touching on, like, you know, books, education, shortfalls, you know, budget. I mean, $40,000, that's like a police officer's salary. $40,000 tells me that we're not in a crisis. That's what, that's what it says. That's, yeah. But what we report every day Is tells hard, yeah. me that we are deeply in, yeah. in that crisis. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, those of you at home, what do you think? Like, how... What do you feel with the current economic state of Guam, right? Or even just the state of the island in general, like, you know, the, the, the beauty of the streets, your neighborhoods, the safety of your neighborhoods. Like, they're getting an earful, dude. Everywhere yeah. the governor goes on this village safety tour, they're just getting an earful from the people because they're just not happy. They don't feel safe. Every village. Oh, there hasn't been a public safety meeting where they're like, you know, we're good. We're four good here. patrol officers per yeah. district? Crazy. That's insane. And the reaction yeah. I get from the administration is like, oh, we don't want to, you know, why should bother? I, I don't know. I just feel like they, there's like this. Why talk about this it? This kind of attitude, like, oh, how dare you question us about a forty thousand dollar raise? So, so you know what? I think we've have we? Are we going to we're going to do this? Let's move on to something else. Right, yeah. Let's move on to something a little more interesting. <laughs> we got a little more tea yeah. for everybody today. Tea. So earlier this week, we saw a little. Facebook back and forth between uh, Congressman Mike Sinekles yeah. oh, and yeah, uh, the comments. Yeah. the Yeah, you can. I think JC can play uh, some of the, the things there uh, some between uh, Pratehi Latexin, right? So there's an environmental yeah. group uh, uh, which are against the. Or, Ooh, yeah, that was on Instagram, the, right? Yeah, the I saw that. Military buildup and the building of the uh, firing range. Firing range, right? So. Mike, uh, Michael Sinekles made a comment. If you think you are going to be successful in protecting the island and the people by attacking me, then good luck with that, right? Huh, how dare oh, you attack me? Oh, okay, so me. that's the one that was deleted. Yeah, so yeah. he deleted that comment. But, you know, this is 
You know, okay, let me just start at zero here. Let's do it. When you run for office and you get elected, you are a public figure and you are subject to scrutiny by the people who are the voters. It's just common sense. Yeah. It's par for the course. Everybody knows it. Yet for some reason, Congressman Nicholas thinks that he can't be criticized, that nobody can, you know, say anything not even bad about him. And that's just this post from Battalion Texan. It wasn't even an attack. They just said, hey... When you were a senator, you voted this way. You voted this way, and now you're not. And you, you know, you've done these things that yeah. show that you're you're consistently on this side of the military buildup, which, which you know, it's you a, didn't not. say that you were. Yeah. It's a free island. You could be on whatever side sure. it wants yeah. to be. But I think that they were saying that you know, if you're getting donations from all these people who are going to benefit from the buildup, and you're pro buildup, which I mean, you know, you can add two and two then they feel that he should make the time to entertain them. I mean, he's already had uh, the Chamber of Commerce build-up committee uh, meet him at his office. Uh, he took them around Washington, D.C. So really, no matter what side of this uh, issue you're on, I think that they deserve a chance to sit down with our congressman. And, and you know, I mean, if he's just going to listen and be like, yeah, I don't agree, then, you know, fine. So they were calling for a meeting, and this is what was funny, is he deleted this comment, and then we did the story. And in between the time that, that I wrote the story and we posted it, I guess he had commented some more on that Instagram thing. And so he does this all the time. Like, Mike Sinicholas is the only elected official on this island that just refuses to respond to KUAM or, well, that too, respond to KUAM, give us any interviews, give us any information. Um, and I just think it's crazy. So... We'll try and reach out for him, you know, to him on a story, and he won't respond. And then the minute we post it, he's just all in, commenting and hating yeah. on it. And so that's what he did this time. He was like, "Okay, we have to tell the whole story." Yeah. And so he posted the the thread from Instagram. But you know, I'm sorry. Like, if I do a story and then we turn it in, and then you go comment fifty eight thousand more times, I mean, am I just supposed to drop everything I'm doing and go and cover that? I mean, you know, it's time sensitive. So yeah, you know, he what? put the thread on, and then I guess. Pertaya Texan was like, oh, you're saying that we're attacking you again. And they did this whole back and forth. You know, long story short, uh, by the end of the exchange, the congressman was basically like, I'm not going to meet with you guys. So they're not going to meet. So they're not going to meet now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's difficult to have a meeting with him, right? Because he's Because he only here. does Facebook. So, right? I mean, he's not even here. They should do like a Facebook Live. Because I don't know he's what it is with the congressman, but he, he just doesn't like interacting with people in the real world. It's just a lot of, like, Facebook stuff. Look, I got a hot take right now. Right on, okay. Hot take. Mike Sinicholas seems to have done quite a bit in his short term as a congressman. Most of ever. Right? I see that comment a lot, that he's accomplished more than every other congressperson Guam has ever had. Do you feel that that is a fair judgment of his productivity? Like, I mean, he has kind of pushed forward with the war reparation thing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think part of that to be is fair, because, like, as yeah. a congressman no, for yeah. a tiny island in the Pacific, you can only probably push very few items at one time. I mean, Madeline's entire con- congressional uh, tenure was getting war reparations. I, I disagree. I think that, that war reparations, war claims, gets so much attention because it is the... the issue for the Mononcle. It's like the biggest issue, right? So my take on this is, um, yes, we got H.R. 1365 uh, to pass the House, which is an accomplishment. I mean, there's no arguing that. But uh, what unnerves me is this whole credit 
battle. You know, you've got the administration trying to take credit, you got Senegalis trying to take credit for it, and, and so I feel like I don't think they're really doing it because, to me, like, the the value of it and being able to hold it up is a real accomplishment. That ship sailed when we ended up paying for the war claims ourselves with the Section 30 funds, so yeah. I don't think it's anything to brag about. Which was but, before his. Right. But essentially, Madeline Berdalio dropped the ball so hard. I mean, she, she screwed up, right? There's no arguing that. So what St. Nicholas did when he came in is he basically worked with the Department of Treasury, and they kind of like wrote the bill for him. So he just, re, he just introduced something that they basically whited out a couple sections and changed a couple words and introduced it. So I think that his getting the war claims uh, passed, um, it kind of coincided with what was going to kind of happen anyway because it just needed to be, there were technical flaws in the bill. You know, it's not like he created the bill out of thin air. Sure. Uh, he was assisted. So, But I'm not saying that doesn't mean it's not an accomplishment. I just, I'm not one of these people who's buying into war claims as some victory because... You know, we didn't uh, commit these atrocities uh, during the war. We didn't do it to ourselves. Chamorros weren't out there beheading Chamorros. You know, it was the Japanese. But the United States, uh, in the treaty after the war, absolved the Japanese of uh, the responsibility to pay us the war claims. So I mean, it's, it's a slap in the face that we it have is, to pay yeah, the war. So that's I mean, it's crazy. Think... Let's put it out there. Like, yeah. That's crazy. That, that makes no sense. But as an elected leader, elected official, and as the congressional delegate, uh, even if his job is just to... Dot the I's, cross the T's, and fix He's still incorrect the warning, right, right, right. Uh, wording. Yeah. Then I expect him to do it, and mm -hmm. it, he did it, right? So he did it. Uh, you know, like I just think it's such an interesting dynamic between his social persona and like whatever work he really does back in in uh, D.C. Right? Like I just why you know he has takes like a Trump type of approach to criticism. You know, like. <laughs> denounce anything that doesn't anything is positive like look at this story we did on the federal election commission so the federal election commission wrote two letters to san nicholas about his campaign finances and his response was like oh it happens all the time it's not a big deal and then it's ironic for someone whose whole thing is responsible guam he doesn't take responsibility for anything so when these fvc letters came out he basically threw his old staff under the bus he was like oh it's uh, prior staff errors but I feel like if you're the boss, you got to take the, you know, yeah. you got to take, if you're going to take the praise, Don't you got to take the praise. You know? I just think, you know, like, as media, we're in the position to kind of uh, illuminate the, the topics and the issues that are involved. And as a, as a representative of the, of the island, it's your duty to try to com communicate with us because, you know, I mean, you're not actively going out there to, like, besmirch Mike Nichols. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is your job, right? You're supposed to report I mean, these things, <laughs> inform people about things that are out yeah, there. So, I just don't get it. I mean, I, don't, I think he's just scared. I don't know. Is he the, okay, Chris, like, is he the only interview. person who doesn't? He's the only person. It's crazy. And it's not even me. It's KUAS. He, he just doesn't <laughs> respond. He doesn't entertain any requests. I mean... You know, and I want to go back to his office, but we all know, you know, how that turned out last time we were there. So, uh, you know, I don't know. There's, I have thoughts about it. I mean, I think Mike Sinicholas is a brilliant man. He's a, he's very intelligent. There's no arguing that. Yes. I just don't agree with the approach. I think it's petty for a congressman to get into these uh, Facebook comment wars, especially if you're not going to respond to the, the media. You know, I mean, God, dude, we're giving you an opportunity. 
to tell your side of the story. It's that simple. He wants to tell it on Facebook. Because yeah. it's only one side and there's no way that, you know, and I think that's what it is, is I think that he doesn't like not being able to control the interaction. So if you look at the town hall, it was like, oh, you can only ask a question if you stand on one leg with one foot raised in the air, uh, you know, during the eclipse. There's, there's all these rules that he has for engagement that is kind of funny to me, you know. And yeah. I'm just saying, like, congressman, I know your brother's probably going to leave some hateful comment on our stream or whatever, but really, like, I mean, you are the congressman for all the people, and, I mean, if your responses to things we're going to report on are... I think they're important, and I think that we need to just, whatever Have a the issue is, like, entertain us. I mean, we're giving you an opportunity to say all these things you want to say on Facebook comments in a story. You know what I mean? I just, um, I just, um, I just get this image of someone who's making $174,000 a year in Congress, sitting there, like, you know, and this the self-control to post comments and then delete them. That's stuff like middle schoolers do. Okay, yeah, deleting and a comment, that was pretty bad. Especially when they screenshot it already. It's not just a comment. Like, this guy will post stuff on his Facebook that's just like, whoa, you're a congressman, and then he'll delete it. Maybe he's like drunk posting. It's, it's probably like drunk impulsive posting. Well, you know, maybe the time, the, the time difference matters. Right? Maybe? Well, I don't uh, know. Time difference? You know, I, I think, think like if you're a congressman, you don't like, need like, to be you know, like posting stuff. Yeah, but why? That's lurking Facebook at 3 in the morning. Childish, so uh, we got a couple of uh, comments here. Um, uh, who do we got? Rollin Kanata. Yes, he is a representative of all the people of Guam and needs to be stopped being needs to stop being selective and thin skinned. Um, thin skinned. We have a good couple of good comments here. Edward Lee saying in our Facebook, uh, you know, because the Protehi protect, uh, Texan and Mike Nicholas had a little right. Hundred comment banter back and forth, yeah, you know, which was pretty much their meeting, I guess, right? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, we had Edward Lee say, "You guys should have argued on this personally in message, in private messages." And Francesca De Oro, if you he, want me, DM me. He doesn't do private messages or in-person meetings, which is what the group has called for. He prefers this style of petty exchange through social media, <laughs> so I that his supporters can dismiss the very real and damaging issues brought up without having meanif- meaningful dialogue. It's way of keeping his bubble intact and refusing to be accountable to all the people he serves. And I, I totally agree with that. And I, and I feel like, hey, uh, and some, I was talking to someone um, after work one day, and they said, well, yeah, Protect the Texan wanted to meet with him. Well, they should have, like, wrote him a letter. Well, this is an environmental advocacy group. They're activists. Uh, and they're well within their rights to criticize or to, you know, uh, hold up someone's record. That's It's a free freaking country. You know, you know, they can do that. And... They've done it, and if St. Nicholas can't handle it, then that's on him. You know what I'd like to see? Because when, when I go through all the comments, because I do go through all the comments on the Facebook page, uh, I never, ever see a comment about someone who actually had a complaint or an issue and met with the congressman by contacting him through the channels that he you, requested. If you read and a lot they of the, always yeah. say, like, hey... I've done this, I've done this, done this, you and don't respond. still haven't yeah. responded to yeah. you. What's up? And I think, right? you know, it's, it's, there was a, and I think it's this guy, Kanata, like, he had commented on something, and uh, he said he didn't get a response, and the congressman will just, like, go out of his way to not respond in his response. So this guy was saying <laughs> something like, uh, hey, can you look at the Jones Act? Sure. Which is, you know, I mean, sure. it's an important issue. Yes. And so um, the Especially congressman, forward, yes. for whatever reason, it's obvious he doesn't want to look at the Jones Act, but he was 
he said like, oh, we don't address policy on our Facebook because other congressmen might see it and then they're they're gonna know where we stand and I don't know, it just some you know, of his explanations. I mean, everyone like, in Congress is like looking at each other Congress congressional delegates Facebook page, you know, like Yeah. They're course. all lurking. Yeah. That's what the first oh, thing they course. go to. You know, the social media Congressional social media 101. <laughs> Come on, Robin. You should know that. Yeah, and I think it, and if you look at the comments, you'll see that people have a hard time getting a hold of him, and then his response will be like, oh, what? I'm on Facebook. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm right here. <laughs> I, do, I mean, you know, I, see, the thing is, man, I don't want to say anything bad of because, like, he's done stuff. He's yeah. done stuff. So I just want to see the transparency, or at least these other people who praise the actual work that he did, aside from things that he Man, said he did in the yeah. press release. Yeah. I want to see something like, hey, I had a problem with this issue, sent it to uh, St. Nicholas, and he helped responded me. and helped me get through this. But instead, sure. it's more like, why are you guys hating on Mike? Look at what he did. He got the war claims through. You guys it's are just crazy. Like, such a bunch of haters. Yeah. And I, oh, my like, God, I mean, People call me a troll. Like, Mike has... And what I've heard is that there's a bunch of different Facebook accounts that him and his staff use to like flood stories sure. with. Yeah, and you, you can see, them, you can see, like, likes. Oh yeah, my God. yeah, if you if you look on our face, like any story we do with St. Nicholas, there's always a bunch of like accounts that have like one friend or one picture, or it's not a mug, you know, it's not a picture. It's some trolls. kind of yeah. So I mean, don't talk to me about trolls. You know? I mean. Like, and I that's just, not even know. important. That's what gets me. It's like none of that is this Facebook. It, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, we're getting we're using it to get information out, but all these little Facebook wars. I mean, is that what you really want to put all your energy into? I mean, did it have to go to that? Did it even have it's to devolve so into that when you could have just been like, not responded with a right. snide comment to a environmental advocacy group and just been like, hey, let's let's start together. a dialogue. Yeah. How can we help each other to further, you know, both the development of both sides of the story, like the military buildup, as well as pre, pre uh, retain the and preserve whatever artifacts or, or land we have there, right? right? And right, I think yeah. there is a civil way to push into that dialogue and discussion. And you know, Mike, do us a favor. Man. I just feel oh, like just grow up, grow up, man. I mean, you know, you're a congressman. You don't need to be like, oh, yeah, well, thanks for very I just oh, feel yeah, like whenever I see his stuff on <laughs> Facebook, like, he's always arguing with people. He's constantly... Yeah. And, and, yeah, that's and what I all feel I see, like, but I, I don't feel that that is Mike. I feel like Mike has way more substance, like you said. He's a smart guy, and he's more than that. And unfortunately... I think he is a smart guy, but I think he just has some major, like, self-control issues. I think... He just is one of these guys who's got to control everything, and he can't control person-to-person -person interactions, so he just doesn't deal with it, and he chooses instead to build up this image of himself. And, I mean, damn, he's worked hard on that, that Facebook, you know? And uh, I mean, it's, it is what it is, man. He's built up this... Facebook game's strong. His Facebook game is definitely strong, but... Uh, you, know. you know what? We got, I got a couple more comments that I just want to throw out there. We got Rick Paris saying, Congressman... Please further explain what you mean by federal results because the federal regime did not vote you into office. And Michelle, yeah, Marie, and that one was of our one thing fans. is he he really um, talked about Bertelli Tejan's um, methods, and he said like, um, you know, Congressman Sinclair just got in there. So when he says something like, oh, you know, the way you guys are doing things, that's not how we achieve results uh, federally. Like, mm -hmm. well, how do you know? You've been a congressman like seven months. Like, you're still making. You can't even get the campaign finance right. So I don't feel like. 
we should be on this high horse talking down to people who have issues. I think as a public servant, you know, even if the federal government's paying his salary, mm -hmm. he should still uh, come down and, and talk with these people. And that's really all it is. I mean, they I mean, elected him. Dude, yeah, we elected you, like, have a meeting. So let me ask you, hypothetical. I don't work. It's a long episode. It's a juicy episode. And we Thanks have for having us on your yeah, show. Yeah, Asha, thank you for, like, bringing up these Good great... You know, it's, and there are so many other crazy stories that we want to cover, but we're just not going to tap into that today. Maybe we'll do it's another episode of tomorrow or or probably early next week just to make sure that we still get things that are relevant and current. But um, we have another comment here by from Michelle Marie, one of our tap, uh, tap top fans. Mike the Cynicalist, respectfully... What other actions are grassroots groups supposed to take when they feel as if their messages are falling on deaf ears? There's only so much power the average citizen has, and grassroots groups allow people's voices to unite on something, and I'm just going to paraphrase here. I hear you and I get where you're coming from, but it is us, the people, the citizens who elected you into office, and therefore are we not within our right to call attention to something that is perceived totally, yeah. as harmful? Basic, basic, basic stuff. I think if Bertelli Texan would have given him a fat donation, they probably would have got a meeting because that seems to be how you you get That's with so Mike. Nice and I, I mean, followed his career. To yeah. contact him yeah. already. Yeah. Prior to that, he just ain't having it, which I think is problematic. I think. I mean, like, it's yeah. it, from what it looks like. It's like he didn't want it. He just straight up said, "Hey." If you want my help, you ain't going to get it like that. Yeah. yeah. Don't attack you know? me. <laughs> Which is like, oh, yeah. wow, man. Yeah. Like, but, you know, I mean, in this era of Trump, people are just into it. It's different. It's different. It's different. It hits different. It hits different. It's different. And I just get like, what other time would you have, like, like his family members just going in on me, you know, going in on other people. Like, what other era would that? We're, we're living in this age where that's okay, I guess. You know what I mean? I, I would think like if I'm a congressman and I got a brother who's out there just like bashing on people, be like, "Yo, chill." Be like, "Hey, chill, bro. We're, you know, you're making me look bad." Yeah, exactly. But th this this guy, it's like, yeah, go harder. Yeah, and they just get off on it. They feed on that negativity, and I don't know. And they just don't. I mean, that's what you guys want, then. That's what you guys want, dude. I, you know, I don't know. We also did, I mean, the, the guys, there are some other major issues. We have a, a, right. a shooting death, um, other stories that we want to cover. We probably won't touch on those today. We'll probably save that for next week. Get a Hope little I can come back on next week. We'll see. I don't we'll know. See. I don't know what Asha's got in Asha's call If one of right. your stories are trending. Right. But, uh, right. You know, I, we want to leave you with, on a good note. Yeah. Yeah. Can so I leave you on a good note? I mean, before you do you have one? Yeah, I just feel like, okay, with Congressman Sir Nicholas. I mean, like I said, it's a very intelligent guy. I, I just really hopeful, you know, that he can he can turn this corner. And I don't know if this is just the kind of guy he is. I don't want to believe that he's like that. I, I want to believe that, you know, especially all the things his grandfather did. I want to believe that he really wants to do good things mm -hmm. for Guam. But I feel like he shouldn't just do them for the people that donate to him or, you know, the people that support him. He's got to remember that he serves everybody. And, and I'm just hopeful. I'm always hopeful, man. Good, good. And on, on that note, we have a, a nicer slice of life story. We have a feature, a monthly feature now mm -hmm. on Cato and Digital called In My Bill, mm -hmm. right? And uh, we uh, we go to uh, different mom and pop stores that are super that. popular around the island. And uh, this week we did, uh, we showcased the Uggin store in Bergoff. Uh, Asha nice people. Of shooting it. Uh, pretty, 
popular store. Mm-hmm. They got good pickled stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't get to try any pickled stuff, but they did have this um, crab masubi. It was really good. Ooh. And yeah. you know, just a couple of good comments from that story, which you can find on our Facebook page as well as on our Instagram and our IGTV. IGTV. Uh, my childhood from Marvo Bispo. My childhood store. I remember when the Pepsi soda were yeah, in I bottles and stored in crates. My parents would purchase a full crate of soda, and when it was done, we would bring the empty bottles back. Yeah. It was just a recycle process then. So much memories at the Missed store, that. and I'm happy it is thriving today. And it is definitely thriving, serving the, the community for many, many years. Right, and it's one of the last few Chamorro-owned stores on the I was going to say, there's not many. No, I really, every store is owned by mostly Koreans right. and some Chinese. Which we'll be featuring next month. <laughs> you guys have a story there. Like, why are all the stores owned by Koreans? You know, but they have also lived on Guam for many hey. years. No, no, there's a store that I used to go to ever since I was a kid, and it was always an older Korean lady. Yeah. I'm not so saying it's bad. I'm not saying she's I'm been just here for a long time. That Chris doesn't like me. Mean, no. <laughs> we'll cut that out. Right, but, let's uh, just bail here. but you know, um, yeah, definitely. So if you know a village, a store in your village that you feel has a, a big history or important part of a. The community in in that village let us know what it is let us know in the comments message message me or asha or just message kayla news uh, facebook page and say please check out whatever so, so. story in this village um you know it was with me since my childhood and still here and it's got the best empanadas or whatever right so, i like stores with yeah. on a dara store on a dara you know we yeah. got on a dara it's not a future we got Onadera, we got Hoppa we're, we're covered for the north, I think. If you go to Onadera, go early and get the empanada. Oh, yeah? Pro tip. Yep. Pro tip. You heard it first. <laughs> What's early? What like, time you know, frame? Seven. You know, okay, you know what I miss? Yeah, I, oh, gosh, we're going on a little tangent. It's a short tangent. Is uh, Harmon Mart. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. So Vinny's kind of hurts, bro. Vinny's kind Harman of Mart's gone. The, yeah, Harmon Mart is it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. No more long rice in the morning. Long no rice. more of the, the hamburger in the morning? Yeah. Hamburger with all the Bruh. grease in the bag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. Anyway. Can't anyway, really guys, thank you for joining us on Trends Spot. You can catch us every Thursday at noon. We will see you next time. <laughs> okay, Bye. Bye. Bye.